This is an Adventures in Middle-earth actual play using Fantasy Grounds. You can find session summaries, items and characters on World Anvil, where our campaign is called, in the shadow of the mountains. You'll find links to that and our other forms of media for our sessions, as well as an index of this episode in the description. This episode has jump cuts to keep the run time down. Previously, the spy safely returned to Radagast, much to the ire of Dagmar of Tyrant's Hill, held by Mogdred. Their loyalties may possibly be tending to the shadow, but that is not certain and will require further investigation in the future. But for now, the Fellowship have been invited to attend the Folk Moot at Roskabel, arranged by a chieftain hoping to gain acceptance by the Woodmen. Most of the Woodmen leaders are present, all with an agenda, with some hoping to push that during the meeting. The companions have already spoken to many of them, and now it is time for the Folk Moot to start. So it is now the 4th of Webmath, which is when the folk mode is due to start. And it is now in the morning. Uh, I can look at my name badge and say, we need a, we need a snappy name for our party, don't we? <laughs> Adventure Squad. Yeah. Folk Crushers. <laughs> Did America. Captain Murrock, sorry. Um, you, um... Captain Murrockwood. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you've not seen it, I highly recommend the the boys. I'm not sure what sh- what shows it's on in the UK, but it's like a, a very dark superhero superhero series. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's quite funny. That's excellent. Um, so the folk mood begins. You've been to some of these before, Hathers, and basically nothing normally warms up till the, yeah. the first day. They're quite boring. It's basically a lot of so the morning is mainly taken up with a, a lot of assembled elders reintroducing themselves overstating how important their clan is all of that kind of crap so yeah. uh, the traders of mountain hall for example are complaining about the tolls required requested by the bjornings which seems pretty new to you uh, that the main thoroughfare still is the old ford which the bjornings patrol and and keep open um and they are requesting an increase in tolls which mountain hall traders and and, and the traders from west of the river moaning about folk of woman town are asking for more iron and tin um moaning that their sources are drying up and you can tell that Heartfast is like there are some foreign merchants who basically pretend to be associated woman clans uh, and are kind of given pretty short shrift they seem to be trying to sell dwarf made weapons swords and spe- uh, spearheads and stuff made by dwarves in the far north and they're they're basically using this as a distribution hub <laughs> they want they want to like make some uh, distribution and commercial contacts here amaloda speaks um so she says kind of reflecting what you said as she doesn't go into quite as much detail as she did with you but in recent years has brought wonderful harvests. uh the lake is now alive with fish and the, the pestilence and the fogs that they have traditionally seen which has kept them moving away and around the town very frequently uh seems to have been gone she said the she calls it the maiden of the lake but the maiden of the lake welcomes our presence there now um, and we invite you as woodmen to come south with us to the black tarn uh, where we will raise a longhouse and build a larger wall settlement there and there is some cheering of that before ingama then uh, towards the end of the morning raises his hands for silence and said um Thank you, one and all, and you're all welcome. And he seems to be the de facto leader of the of the meeting. One not of our people, uh, though akin from afar, asked to speak here. Come forth, Seawin, and Seawin himself that you have seen climbs up on a platform to address the crowd. 
For those who do not know me, and here he addresses himself chiefly to Hartfast, he's looking clearly at him. My people dwell in the East Bight of Mirkwood. He then goes on to list a lot of the virtues of the East Bight. The soil is fertile. It is close to the rich lands of Dale and Dewinion, and it was home of many Northmen of old. Uh, he claims to have many followers and a sturdy longhouse. He asked to be counted among the woodmen. His people need to learn how to survive in Mirkwood. And he offers friendship and wealth in exchange for their help. You can tell by the mumblings around the people at the moot, and there must be well over 100 people all sitting around in the clearing outside Radagast's house. But it's Mitch. It's mixed. Mixed, sorry. Some are suspicious of newcomers completely. Others, like Halfast, actually, recognises the wisdom in his request. And he can tell that Fear in Cell, which is Mountain Hall, is even further from Woodman Town than the East Bight is. So he basically grumbles, "My got my vote. You're closer to closer to Rosgabel than we are." And just as uh, so, Ingemar, uh, after lots of debate, goes forward and backwards. Uh, just about In- Ingemar seems to be standing up, and he he's banging a mug on the table to get some quiet as the muttering dies down. One of Radagast's birds flutters down and lands on the wizard's shoulder and it seems to be talking to him you're sure that can't be true but it's cawing frenetic frenetically and a moment later some horns sound out of the wood around the around the area where you are at and within no more than a couple of minutes is so a woman stand they grab weapons and the horn sound is sounding very threatening uh, a dozen um, riders emerge quietly almost like shadows um, and by now you're all out to the gates of, around Roscobel, uh standing at the gates and you managed to push yourself to the front as, as known servants of of the woman and and capable warriors but you, there's a lot of people with weapons out around you uh, a dozen riders emerge from the shadow of the trees you can recognize dagmar with them they're armed weapons seem very well made and well used Two of them have got large sacks tied to the back of their mounts, uh, and at the head rides, well, a pretty scary-looking figure. He's, he's wearing a lot of very, very dark clothing and armour, and his helm, Pathos, looks like it could be the likeness of a dragon. It's mm. a protruding snout, horned, and it's definitely not an animal. Um, it's, it's very much like pictures of dragons you've seen in, in lore, lore texts. That's and he, he he kind of rides up. No one knows who he is, but he rides up there. Oh, I forgot to share a little folk moot uh, image. So, John, before we let them ride up to us, what, what I mean, are they like riding into battle or? No, they're just they're, they're very slowly, almost confidently walking up to Rosgabel out of the woods. They kind of ghosted like shadows out of the edge of the woods. But if they're who I think they're, if they're from, what is it called, Dot Traitor's Hill, Tyrant's Hill, they consider themselves to be woodmen, maybe, and maybe they're inviting themselves to the folk boot to hear what's said and to join in. Mm. I won't bow them yet, then. No. Yeah, you did discover, that's a really interesting observation, Hathus, that Berem was, should we say, strongly questioned by them, and divulged that there is a folk boot going on soon. Mm. To crash in the party. I'm just intimidating. It's all been a bit nicer so far, hasn't it? So um, Ingemar, who's up, up there with you, as, lo- as, as well as Hartfast, it seems there's a bit of an ego competition going on between the two of them. And they're both sort of vying for who's, who's toughest leader of men. 
at the front of the pack. Um, he steps forward and says, only women and their friends are welcome here. The stranger moves slowly up and as he's doing so, removes his hair, uh, removes his hair, removes his helm. <laughs> but I am a woodman by blood and birth. Don't you recognize me? You called me Ingold, your son, though men now call me Mogdred. Ooh. Ingemar backs off. His eyes are wide. It's very clear he recognizes mm. Mogdred. And as he sees his father do that, he then addresses the crowd. For many years, I was a slave in the dungeons of the Necromancer. Now I am lord of the place you call the Tyrant's Hill, and I command many men. He points his sword at Amaloda. You and yours would be long dead if it were not for our protection. Darkness returns to the forest. Had you but eyes to see it, there are orcs in Fenbridge and shadows stir in Dol Guldur once again. A warrior in the crowd wants to know what Mogdred asks of this folk moot. He responds with scorn. A seat in the Council of the Woodmen, of course. Tribute from the Black Tarn, wives of my warriors, gold from the mountains. That stranger, he points at Seal in the generous here, Offered you trinkets and sweet cakes. My offer is of a far more practical and substantial sort. His followers upend the sacks they brought with him and dozens of orc heads tumble out to the floor at his feet. So he's, he's a man of his word. I mean, literally, probably two dozen orc, orc heads end up on the floor there, which is even like vaguely impresses Moonin a little bit. So that that gives you an idea of maybe what uh, Mogdred looks like um, with some of the other people in the folk mood around him with these like orc heads lying on the ground. Got a cheerful um, bunch. Yeah, fairly fairly dour dour man, and there is absolute uproar now. Uh, Ingemar is you've probably noticed after about a minute that he's not gone to welcome his son. He his face was pale. He's gone back to. Like, like the council table, the, the high table where the folk move was happening, and he's just sitting there stony-faced, almost emotionless. There's a lot of discontentment, that it, it looks like, uh, a lot of muttering and shouting and gesticulating. And eventually, it's Heartfast that says, order, bring everything to order here. Everyone come back in. He starts calling Ingold by his original name, and Ingold cuts him short and says, I am now Mogdred. You will call me by that name. Ingold is dead. And he's, he, um, he then says, OK, Modred, come and join the end of the folk moot. We are voting. And it seems that what was a fairly easy conversation to have about maybe Seawin, uh, maybe something with the Black Tarn, um, building some more strength there has got much, much more complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, so the floor is opened again with this new revelation from Modred. Uh, to some people to have their say. Does anyone want to say anything on behalf of anyone that they've heard here? Mona um, wants to ask Morgdred, how did he get out of the dungeons of Dol Guldur? He looks very coldly at you um, and said the... Um, sorry, it wasn't... Let me just check. He escaped the necromancer. You don't think it was Dol Guldur he was, he was in? I don't know where I was. I was in the mountains. Um, I escaped quite easily in the end playing dead and almost being dead for long enough they got careless um and i was able to overpower a guard or guards made my escape i was and then it, like a shadow passed over his face and he says um and you can tell he's lying it, it, it was 
not that much of an ordeal in there, to be honest. Um, just needed a, some stoicism to survive that kind of encounter, but it made me a stronger man. Mona, um, Mona it, will start laughing and go, so I am to believe that you escaped the, end, the, the dungeons of the enemy, and bear in mind that we have experienced things where we've seen this firsthand, these places, and they are not easily escaped. There's normally only one where you escape those clutches, and it's by swearing fealty. But let's say that your, your tale is true, that you managed somehow to escape with nothing but the shirt on your back, and now you lead the lands where there are reports that there are orcs who share the lands with you, and you conveniently come with these heads. I wonder how many people you think will believe your story. Believe me or not, dwarf, hiding in your halls and mountains for generations without providing help to my kin here, I'm doing something very practical to provide that help. I don't care if you believe whether I can escape or not. You clearly don't have the capability that I do uh, and my followers. Um, well, while you were skulking in your hills in the, above your swamp, what were you doing when the hordes of orcs came from Gundabad and the Battle of the Five Armies, or were you too busy chasing acorns? He smiled a very cold smile and says, had I been free of the dungeons during the Battle of the Five Armies, I would have led many of my kin to great victories there. I think Merlin said enough. So he looks around the, the group, almost challenging uh, anyone else to challenge him. And then he considers and he stands up straight and he said, if you're not my friend, then you're my enemies, and you already have more enemies than you know. Uh, and that kind of takes people aback. It, it, despite there being obviously competition between the clans and stuff here, people are very civil normally. That very much wasn't. Uh, you, you see uh, Seawin stands up. He's, he's almost drowned out by woodmen because he's not seen as a woodman, but they knew that Mogdred or the, the um, Ingold was very much a woodman. And there's a lot of questions that he's just refusing to answer about how, why, how many men. But it's very clear that um, his his men and women under his command are very, very well drilled and very well trained, much better than any of the women that you know have us in the clans. Tends to be, they don't even do a lot of like drill practice yep. or martial practice. It, it's basically the, the youngest and strongest tend to carry weapons. And if there's a muster needed, they're, they're requested from their farms. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's very much not what these guys are like. They're much more of an army martial unit. Yeah, so is anyone impressive. speaking either? F so you've spoken pretty much against him. You're, you're very, very... Um, give me a persuasion check um, in the tower, Monin, for, oh, for that cup what you brought up because it's essentially people are going to be voting on the the, the proposi propositions now that have been put in front of the folk moot okay it seemed that his comment about dwarves hiding in their mountains hit a bit of a raw nerve and you glance over at boffrey after you said that his eyes are a bit concerned that that's absolutely something he's definitely been told many times by many different woodmen that why do we never see you when we really need you and when the the brutal winds are when we need more iron, you're never around it. So dwarves aren't seen as being trustworthy by women at all, and he's basically played to their fears. So you don't think you made a persuasive argument against him? Fair so Radagast, Radagast is here, isn't he? Yeah, Radagast so, is observing. He's not saying. So I'm going to say to Radagast, um, shouldn't Baron speak here as a an acquaintance of Mogdred and his 
plan? So, uh, or should you, or should you relay what so, you know? Um, Radiga said, um, "Yeah, Baron is welcome to speak if he wants to." Um, Baron, you can kind of see at the back, and uh, it's okay. No, and <laughs> looking directly at Mogrud when he says that, I, I don't have anything to say. So, Ber- Baron is a trusted followers, follower of yours, Radagast. Am, am I right? Uh, he's a scout, yes. What are you implying? And he's been poisoned by Mogdred and his cohort. He was. I will definitely get to the bottom of that. It's up to him to speak, though. We, we say things for ourselves here. I'd encourage anyone to speak up for or against any of the propositions here. We're not here trying or challenging Mogdred on the way he runs his hall. Uh, we are here to vote on his proposal to strengthen ties with Tyrants Hill. We are here to vote on the proposal from Amaloda and her folk to build a new hall at Black Tarn. And we are here to see if we wish to welcome Seawind's people into the heart of the woodmen as, as allies and fellow woodmen, um, albeit folk with very different cultures that have maybe diverged over the last hundred years or so. Sigma will step up. Mm-hmm. And... Uh... So, so, just to be clear, this fellow turns up heavy-handed, demands tribute, mocks this good dwarf who has helped many of you here, d- dismisses his own father, comes up with some ridiculous story about how he got out of the enemy's hands without swearing fealty to the enemy, and worst of all, Worst of all, wears a ridiculous hat. (laughs) (laughs) If any of you give him any credence, well, think on those words. There are a few few sniggers when you say that. But not for people that are very close to where Mogdred is standing. He's pretty imposing. Very, very charismatic young man, as tall as Ingemar and as broad of shoulder. Uh, Definitely a, a leader of men. And he definitely does not smile when you say that, Sigma. Give me a persuasion check in the in the tower. At, um, yeah, just in the tower. Okay, so I uh, I just want to show. I, I I will. You'll know what you both rolled. <laughs> I normally wouldn't do this. Monin, that's what you rolled. No, sorry, not not what you rolled. That's after modifiers. What you rolled, Sigma. After modifiers, that's what you rolled. Yep. You both rolled a one. So. Um, uh, <laughs> There's a lot of laughing. There is um, two or three of the soldiers, including Dagmar, when you mentioned the hat joke, take a step forward and the laughter very, very quickly dies down. Mogdred looks at you, obviously plaid in clothes of a city dweller, greys and blacks, not not browns and sort of, and you actually got, despite it being fairly basic clothing, your clothing is better than most woodman clothing. And he says, what would a city dweller from, I'm assuming, Dale, maybe Lake Town, have to advise Woodman? Actually, why do you even having the chance to speak here? You don't know where there are plants in the crowd, but there's a, here, here, Woodman only, you hear from across the, like, the back of the group. And then a few of the soldiers look up and they, they start like clapping Mogdred and he glances around at them and they very quickly die down. Any and then he says, almost as if he's trying to take over the meeting. Any woodman have anything to say? 
and he glares at Sigmar. Um, up to you if you want to say anything else, Sigmar, but he kind of glares. It tries to yes, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll step back and, and, and magnanimously wave my arm. The man with the ridiculous hat has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> so, despite themselves, there are a few people sniggering, and they're literally, it's a bit like the scene in Monty Python. There are a few people with like horrible grimaces on their face trying not to laugh and turn their back to Mogdred and they're like desperately like almost wetting themselves trying not to burst out laughing um you glance around and you see you don't if you didn't know Radagast Betty you'd be absolutely convinced he had a wry smile on his face under his beard when, when he repeated that uh and especially as he did a bit of a flourish and give give Mogdred the floor back and he doesn't well, say anything seeing as it's all I've got I'm just gonna without words i'm just gonna essentially mock his hat just sort of you know aping its shape and that kind of stuff from time to time <laughs> just to undermine him as much as i can sounds good anyone else so um out, out of you guys uh, want to say anything otherwise there'll be some other other folk from, from their side from the other rest of the crowd mm, not really not at the moment what would um it whispers to hathas and, and actually just gets everybody into quick conflav because we can't talk what would mm -hmm. you guys think to uh how about we go back with this guy and check out his setup and see if he could be a powerful ally? I mean, I don't believe him for a second, but I mean, he could be going into the, the you know, the, the worst thing ever. But also, if we go there and find that he's okay, we can come back to them and report back. He, and if we don't report back, then they'll know that he's evil. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good plan. Because who here amongst these would uh, amongst these woodmen do you think would have the skill set that we all have? No, I understand what you're saying. It's a very good idea. Well, you'll have to say it across there, Hathas, because we can't talk anymore. Okay. Um, eek. <laughs> Not what Hathas wants to do. Hathas will stand up and say, if indeed your story is true, then this is good news, I'm sure, for the people of Southern Mirkwood and the wider people of Mirkwood. We, my friends and I are happy to travel back with you and to see Tyrant's Hill uh, and your people with our eyes and, and then report back to this moot or members of this moot and tell say what we have seen and verify your story. So there's about a two-second pause and uh, Modred looks at you and then his face brightens a bit and he says, um, finally, one of the old greybeards is offering some words of sense. We're not your enemies here. With suitable agreements between our clans i'm sure we would fit right into the support and you would fit right in to help us with the attacks we're getting increasing numbers from the orcs he speaks sense not that you need to come and visit us i think radagast and he nods at radagast father and he says that with a bit of a sneer on his face you know where tyrant's hill is you're welcome at any time there is a bit of silence after that. Do you want to come back with anything, Hathas? Oh, no, I think we'd quite like to stretch our legs and, and, to, and to see Tyrant's Hill for ourselves, especially if there's been a lot of recent changes and you have a lot of men and many men and there's a lot of orc attacks, then I think the delegation centred around us would be a good move. You're welcome. Uh, my suggestion is after the Festival of the Five Armies, um, most I, myself, and some of my men will be travelling up there. <laughs> and Dagmar, like, looks daggers at him, and women, uh, will be travelling up there <laughs> ourselves. So two, three months' time, come on okay. come on yes. by and be, you'll be welcomed. 
Any, and he, he looks around and says, any woodman would be welcome there. We need help. And as I said, we need to grow our strength. Ladies, if you're looking for strong husbands in the woodman, come on, come down to meet with us. Um, there's many fine men down there that are not afraid to do their Lord's bidding and keep everyone safe. It seems that Ingham has finally grown a bit more of a backbone uh, after seeing his meeting basically being hijacked by his yeah. son. He stands up and he, he summarizes the position. We were here to vote on two things. Um, it is now three. I will summarize these for, for us. Uh, the first one is to welcome Seaman's people into the embrace of the woman. And instead, my understanding is, on the one hand, they are wealthy and, and an alliance with them would make the woodman stronger. On the other, Seawin is still a stranger and the East Bight is far away. If orcs have come back to Southern Merkwood, then maintaining trade with the East Bight through the woods would be perilous indeed. Uh, the second thing we're voting on is to build a new hall at Black Tarn. Amaliodas folk are prospering and establishing a new house would strengthen the woodman as a whole. The Black Tarn is rich in fish and they have the friendship of the river maidens, uh, which we do not uh, as woodmen. That is the second vote. And the third vote, well, do we welcome the Lord of Tyrant's Hill into the woodman? He seems to grit his teeth a bit and he says, um, Mogdred demanded tribute instead of asking for friendship and seemed to consider the Black Tarn part of his domain already. However, is it not better to have the, his warriors as allies instead of enemies? Also, if we refuse his request, well, if he's got as many men as he claims to, then he could threaten both a new village at Black Tarn and anyone traveling to the East Bight as well. And then someone steps up from the back and said, he's, all, he's your son. You've been a good leader to us. If he's cut from the same material as you, should we have nothing to fear from him? And someone else pipes up and says, well, he's clearly been affected by, by the necromancer's dungeons and the experience he had there. The suffering in there is beyond knowledge. He's come out, seems normal. Bit impolite, but normal. Why should we expect anything different? Why should we reject him? There seems to be a, lo a lot of, no one really argued for or against Seawin. Most people, if you look, read the crowd, seem most positive about the Black Tarn because it mm -hmm. seems probably probably it's easiest to achieve. It's basically building a bit of a village, and this woodman can help with that, and it's pretty close to where you all are. There is much more neutrality towards Seawin's proposal and neutrality towards the Tyrant Hill proposal. Um, but the Tyrant Hill is pretty close to you. And so on balance, at the end of all of the summing up, before the crowd votes, it seems that in, in order, the Black Tarn proposal, then probably the Tyrant Hill proposal, Mogridge's proposal of them maybe Seawin's last ironically and he called the folk boot seem to be preferred right now anyone wish to speak for or against any of these proposals any disagreement in the summation I made in Gomez says before uh, asking for votes okay he looks around there's silence there is a palpable tension in the air um, and the only person that looks confident I mean, you look at Seawin, Amaloda and Mogdred, it seems to be Mogdred. Uh, and he's got the confidence of someone who's used to getting his own way. And he says, right, we will call for a vote. And this will be done in the, the traditional way um, with the, the yeas accepting the proposal. Walk to this area. And he's 
clearly you see a, a stake with a pennant uh, one side of the field around you. And he said, the nays walk to the other pennant over there. One's black, one's white. It's as simple as that. The white one is the positive and the black one is the negative. So our first proposal, as this was called by Seawin, this whole folk moot will be Seawin's. Make your votes now. Do we get to vote? Yep. You, you are trusted advisors. So a check in there would be, yes, I vote, I approve of Seawin's. A cross in there, which they just toggle around, would be, I disapprove of Seawin's. Oh, sorry, it's in the chat window for someone who hasn't voted yet. So it looks like all four of you are positive. Okay. And the crowd, the crowd is almost overwhelmingly against. You would say you're probably, there's only about 15% of people walked to the white flag. And Searwin is absolutely gutted, distraught. He's just like, he cannot believe it. Mm -hmm. He's like looks daggers at Mogdred for like stealing the limelight in, in what was his his folk moot. He says, I cannot believe you've done that. My my clans will only prosper. We're trading with Darwinian and you know how wealthy Darwinian is as a as a region and East Ravanian and have been for a generation now. And we were reaching out an olive branch to you. We thought you would have jumped at the chance. He, you can tell he's like bristling with anger, but he doesn't want to burn bridges because he may want to be able to come back here and make another offer in, in folk moots to come. He says, right, we will return immediately. Good luck with the rest of the meeting in a very neutral tone. And he, he his folk go and immediately start packing up their tents. Ingemar says, thank you, Seawin, for bringing this to uh, the Woodman for a vote. And we wish you safe travels back there. Very neutral tone. He is reflecting the tone of most of the people who voted. Next is Amaloda's proposal to build a new hall at uh, the Black Tarn. So I'll put a vote to see. And he says, make your vote now. This is exciting. It's politics in action. Yeah, it's just like a vote. I don't think I've ever won a vote in my life. This is Merkin uh, exit. <laughs> it's... <laughs> hey. Yes, better. <laughs> Merk exit. Okay. Yeah, well, with, um, with uh, Neil and I's roles, then we probably in charge of the Brexit withdrawal. <laughs> okay okay there is another vote that goes on there it was so close that um, radagast goes uh, sorry ingerman goes this is not obvious we need a count nobody move and radagast in about a second says thanks amaloda has it by three and everyone looks at him and go I think, but you'd maybe better count. <laughs> and then <laughs> the count is made um, twice. Uh, one, one comes within two, then the second one is three. And it looks like Radagast was spot on. But Amaloda gets it. You can see this wave of relief mm -hmm. hit, hit Amaloda. And she is just almost like young girl excited. Like, almost She's like fist pumping the air. Yeah, it's like really... And, uh, uh, she hugs all of her followers that came up and says, I, I knew they would see sense. And we welcome anyone who wishes to settle and help us rebuild a, a hall at the Black Tarn to come to come with us and settle. And we anyone anyone from Roscobel and the the regions here are, are, will always be welcome to help us. Mulder is looking very impatient at this bullshit going on before his vote, obviously. And he's, 
he's almost like tapping his feet and like looking at his nails as as uh, Amaloda thanks thanks everyone who voted. Um, it's it's interesting. You can kind of tell that the people that voted against her don't seem that disappointed. Her, her enthusiasm is pretty infectious. Uh, you actually hear a few saying, "Yeah, I'm a bit bored with a fish that come out of the Anduin. A, a bit of something different would would be quite nice." And so they seem kind of okay with the proposal at the end as well. And finally, Ingema stands up and said, the Lord, it doesn't even call him somebody, even his name is, is claimed, but he said, the Lord of Tyrants Hill proposal to, am I right? And he looks at him, offer tribute to the Lord of Tyrants Hill and his clan in return for expanded defense of Southern Mirkwood. That's what we're voting on. And Ingema nods, oh, sorry, um, <laughs> Mogwood nods. That is what we're voting on, so I'll just put a vote for Mogrin up there. Do we know what the tribute is? Nope, not been defined yet. they like Brexit. Yeah. I think he said wives and stuff, didn't he? Why, yeah, so he, the main things he asked for uh, were warriors, Gold. wives, and... Where Gold. Was it? Gold as tribute. Wealth, yeah. Lives. Fishing rights, the Black Tarn. Blue passports. <laughs> uh, where is it? Hang on. Sorry, yeah. He he. So what you're voting on is a seat in the now for him on the Council of the Woodmen. Tribute from the Black Tarn, meaning he sees the Black Tarn as being part of his dominion. Waves for his warriors, and gold from the mountains. So it looks very clearly at. Part um, fast. Uh, no, Boffrey. It looks like it's ah. gold from the dwarves. <laughs> Why on earth would anybody vote for that? <laughs> My proposal is you give me loads of things. No, no, he, he, he will. He will keep you safe from the orcs of Southern Mirkwood. Uh, yeah. Those orcs that are, yeah, anyway. Yeah, which he's got. He's got dozens, a couple of dozen heads in sacks. He's just pulled at your feet. Exactly. You just make it tied into numbers of heads in sacks. Are you saying this is like nationalism gone? Gone? Mad? Yeah, we're like. We we probably killed that many orcs last Wednesday. I, I will keep you I will keep you safe from the hordes of people coming over from the southern borders and build a beautiful wall around the yeah, Build the wall. Build the wall. Stick in our jobs. <laughs> Make Southern Mirkwood great again. Right. So oh, uh, voting <laughs> Voting on Southern Mirkwood proposal for Mogrid and all of the all of the things that goes for that. So you guys vote and the others others will vote as well. Hmm. Someone's undecided. Ooh, there's a... I think if we're all anti him, well, we're going to be a pretty biased party going to um actually check out his facility, aren't we? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my vote because at the end of the day, you can tell him any old shit and change it later on. Yeah, you can get him off the council easily with just a, a bow shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Hang on, where, where's brother? No, 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 no. That's that's not shadow points. That's strategy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Just steal some of his poison and knife him in. <laughs> Regime change, John. It's very achievable. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if he turns out to be evil, I think he's talking about. Not oh, like he's a good guy. Of course, yeah. Of course. All right. Right. So <laughs> the vote is made, chaps. And it's interesting. There is um, a lot of the young men, and actually, Quite a few of the young women yeah. seem to go across to the white flag. A lot of the 
older people, Ingema, uh, Heartfast, and some of the stronger leaders of the woodman go to the negative banner. And actually a few people disperse and go back over to the negative side. It's it's a quite a close vote, probably 60-40 in favour of rejecting his proposal. But in the end, he he is rejected and he is seething. And he says, right at the end, as, as he's, it's very clear that which way the vote's gone. Just before Ingemar, Ingemar starts stepping forward to, to speak, he says, so you have all voted to become my enemy? That's what I've just learned. Men, women, we return to Tyrant's Hall. At least we now know. And he is like effervescent with anger, like just holding his shit together and turns on his heel, walks back to his horses. They mount up and thunder away from Roscobel really quickly. You glance around and that was even in the concerned older people's looks about the kind of character this person is. No one expected that reaction. Um, he literally almost put put the woman on a war footing immediately after the uh, after the vote. You look at glance at Radagast and he's looking, tapping his finger to his lips. Um, and then he turns and goes back into his house. And about 20 seconds later, almost like a flock of doves fly out of the roof of his, of his house. Uh, very, very doves. quickly after he went in. Unleash the doves of war. Morgrid's band lid, leave the woods alive. Um, <laughs> and there, there is almost some silence for... Uh, for about a minute before uh, and everyone watched this happen everyone watched him almost silence this little troop of soldiers thunder off Dagmar is the last of the trees she kind of slows takes a look over her shoulder at you all and then rides into the trees behind Ingemar sorry behind uh, Mogdred Ingemar eventually kind of rouses himself and hesitantly steps forward and says um, everyone has voted, and now I suggest a a feast to welcome Amaloda's proposal. And it said it's a bit hollow, and everyone is yay, ooh, and <laughs> heads over to the cook tents and stuff. But last night, the the celebrations before the folk moot were a lot more ra- joyous and raucous than tonight. Um, yep. So that let the record show. That you rejected, sorry, you, the, the folk we rejected Seawin and Mogdred and approved of Amaloda's proposal. Yeah, Monon will try um, and seek out Seawin if he's not too. He's um, gone, I think. I think oh. he's bugged on out. Uh, well, he's packing up still. So he, he had a lot of tents and stuff. He's going to be packing up for a good couple of hours after the after the vote was made. Okay, so he'll try and get close to him if he can. I, I wouldn't take it to heart, Seawin. With what's the development here? With Mogdred maybe becoming an enemy, I think before long they'll be seeking your aid and you maybe get a better deal out of it. He kind of smiles wanly at you and he says, um, I hope so. We painted a very, put a very brave face on the situation in the East Bight. It is not a safe place. We need, while we do are able to get the occasional trading caravan back to our people, it's very dangerous there. And we're under constant threat. And to be honest, despite the wealth we've been able to accumulate, we needed the help of the women here probably more than they needed us. And I don't know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go up to the festival and see if I can garner support there. But thank you for your concern, Master Dwarf. 
Does he mean the, the Dale Festival? Yeah, the Five Armies Festival. Well, when, when you get up there, say, when, seek me out. I'll make an introduction with, with you and my kin. And maybe you may not have the numbers, but we'll give you the equipment. He says, thank you, Master Dwarf. Where, where are you staying? Um, I will look you up. Okay, and where, wherever the normal place we were, we're staying at. Yeah, so. you you agreed to meet your brother up there. I can't remember the name of the tavern, but yeah, there's a tavern. You just give them the, the name of that. Chin up, say, one. don't worry. Tomorrow's another day. I must dwarf. The days are growing short for us, I fear, though. And he, he's looking pretty despondent. Uh, a polite guy, and he's pretty young still. He's uh, probably only early 30s. Um, and uh, he, he seems a very genuine, genuine fella. Unfortunately, when the GM rolls a two for a vote, it never bodes well. So, <laughs> um, all right, guys, uh, that was that was the end of the of the folk mood. If there's anyone else you want to talk with, obviously Amaloda, you may want to to speak with yeah. after that I'll, as well. I'll, I'll congratulate her definitely. Well done, job well done. Right result. Really pleased for her. Won't say much more than that, but just yeah, make sure I connect with her afterwards and say well done and congratulations yeah so she she and her people are almost like frantically going around looking basically to recruit people it's builders wood woodmen um and carpenters people like that um she's looking for she's looking for similar to mogrib but she's doing it in a much more tactful way she, she needs to populate the village she's growing and the and the mm. and the, the hall she's going to create there um but it's going to take uh, yeah she's concerned that they can get started on that project now but building a village and a, and a permanent settlement that's defensible even even scouting suitable location for it, it's going to take some time and she's she's very keen for people um woodmen with good knowledge and, and survival instincts to to help her even with that task uh, so it's, it's kind of up to you whether and uh, whether and how you handle that really well presumably she's going to start straight away isn't it and we're all planning to go to the party so revelations um In ingema uh, you kind of see him uh, the next day him and his entourage pack up pretty subdued no one's asking him about his son and he heads back up north and it seems that pretty much everyone is everyone is disappearing amaloda is looking a bit worse aware she looks like she didn't sleep a lot of it, talking to a lot of people like the night before still doing the rounds trying to recruit and she leaves you with an open offer to um we'll be delighted if your assistants you look very very capable either to help guard the workers or or investigate a potential site um i do understand from what i what i hear you're traveling up to the festival but on on your return would welcome you with open arms uh, we would typically be west of the tarn but if you travel from north to south you should easily meet our meet our group uh, although at the moment we're moving around okay uh, it just leaves you with an open open invite um, that's good Okay, uh, over to you guys. What uh, what is next? What do you want to do? It is now the fifth of Wedmath. You know that the Festival of the Five Ar Armies starts on the twenty second, so you've got approximately just over two weeks to get up there. Better get a shift on then. How long would it take us to get there? I don't know. It depends on the route. But if we went, say, I don't know, the old the Elf Path um yeah so you can work uh, let me bring that map up and you can kind of work mm. it out and i give you some a sense of that Hang on. so it's 10 miles per hex is it 10 miles per hex so you just count the number of hexes that will give you a, a sense of the distance but clearly certain bits will be easier to travel than others so you'll be able to go faster over certain bits than others 
what you don't have all all of you you have money now but you don't all have horses horses will dramatically improve your speed over roads at least and, and over fairly easy terrain why don't you just go cut straight through the woods to the east bite <laughs> and go up, up the east side what could go wrong we want to go and visit the hobbits and make sure they're okay fair enough They've, we've got unlimited beer i seem to remember we have infinite credit at the hobbit <laughs> hobbit pub it's also about 240 if we go along the elf path mm-hmm. we're gonna need some horses aren't we yeah giant eagles rescue us again well, I thought we could take Uber, Uber, Uber Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> Call the Eagles for just to fly you in. Of course, that'll work. So normally on foot traveling, you can travel 20 miles a day. So that's your de facto two hexes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, riding horses, it's four hexes a day. You can travel 40. You can push yourselves and horses, but that massively increases the risk of either injuring yeah, them or exhausting them, all that kind of stuff. But there are modifiers to that based on the terrain you're going across. So um, very easy terrain. And this is outside of like just like roads. Um, very easy terrain is half multiplier, half modifier. Typically, it's very rare that you'll be traveling the whole way on very easy terrain, like uh, on a road. Oh, sorry, that's factored into the road. That's why roads are typically, uh, you can easily travel 20 miles a day and 40 on, on the horse. Easy terrain is one times multiplier. Moderate terrain is one and a half. Hard terrain is two. So you know, for example, the elf path is pretty difficult terrain. Whereas getting up to the elf, elf path is fairly easy. It's going to get a map down so I can give you a much clearer clue. So um, if you're heading up from Rosgabel all the way up uh, through the East Anduin Bales, and you, you know this very well, Arahad. The East Anduin Vales and the East Middle Vales is easy, easy uh, travel. Yeah. As you go into the Elf Path, it is it becomes pretty severe. So severe is a times three multiplier on time. Hmm. Okay. Eesh, that's ninety-five miles, I think. We're going to miss the party. Yep. If you, did, if you did that route, um, then go. So if you went around, so a lot of people. people even even though that path is vaguely navigable and you've done it once, if you I'm not sure you remember how long that took, but it took a while. Um, going around the top of Merkwood through the East Upper Vales and then mm-hmm. the Grey Mountain Narrows, the East Upper Vales is is moderate, so one and a half times modifier, and the Grey Mountain Narrows, which is essentially the land between Merkwood and the mountains, <laughs> that is hard going, but it's um, that's only a two times multiplier. So if you went around that road with horses, that route, you could do 20 miles a day. That's two hexes a day across the Grey Mountain Narrows. And the East Upper Vales um, is one and a half hexes a day. So pretty much anything north of the Forest Gate on your map um, up to where you start curving round to the Grey Mountain Narrows. So probably between about there and there, if you look at the map, that is moderate terrain. And then this area, all the way from there, through those foothills of the Grey Mountains and across the Grey Mountain Narrows to the Northern Dalelands. Um, as you get into the Northern Dalelands, that's that's hard going. But the Northern Dalelands itself, ironically, is easy. So the the last bit and the walk into Dale, you should make, be able to make really good time with. Now, you know that the Fest of the Five Armies is like it's going to be a week of celebrations. And you know most of the great and the good. There, there are no or very, very few things where 
like an entire the entire an entire group would be involved there's a lots and lots and lots of diplomacy done there it seems that from your knowledge that the gray pilgrim is almost like recruiting a white council member and you may be using that as an opportunity to do that so you may want to speak for or, or against certain people that are, that are up there but there will be a lot of people there and you know a few people in dale but you also know that getting there a few days late isn't going to kill your chance of meeting people as well what about so traveling with seawin isn't seawin going up via east bite and then up that way maybe we just follow him through the forest and then just travel up with him if he's going to go to the same place no, he, he is not traveling through the narrows of the forest he came round the southern murkwood the brown lands at the right at the bottom of murkwood and the east nether vales that's the way he traveled up so his um uh that's the way he traveled now his plan is to go up across the gray mountain narrows so it's only a small a smaller contingent of his folk doing that um you would assume he's got other parts of the retinue probably went straight from the east bite up the east of Merkwood, but no one in their right mind travels through Merkwood. Is he all on horseback, his retinue? Yeah, they're all on horseback. Well, I, horses. So I can afford a horse, bearing in mind they're 200 silver, but that's, they're quite expensive. Yeah, they're like Ferraris. Well, they're not at all. They obviously eat hay and things, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, not many people have them because they're so pricey. I do think you've got, you might have enough to get some horses now. You've definitely got ponies. You definitely afford ponies. Yeah, so I, I, I seem to have enough. I do. I can share a horse. Ponies yeah. go at 40 feet per round and riding horses go at 60. Yeah, so a, you could take ponies. Um, you could take a draft horse for all your gear. They're much cheaper. Um, a bit slower, I believe. Let me just see. Yeah, they're 40 as well, I think. Yeah, they're 40. So draft horse could easily take all your gear, um, but you'd need riding horses to get the benefit of that speed. How do we feel about buying riding horses? Yeah, let's do it. Easy come, easy go with this money stuff. I don't know what else to spend my money yeah. on at the moment anyway, so a horse is something that I could genuinely use. Art fast looks a bit strange here. You were suddenly in the market for four really expensive horses. <laughs> <laughs> we all buy Lamborghinis and just zoom off out of there. Oh, yeah, whoops. Um, yeah, so there, there are, you're lucky. There are a lot of traders around. It's e you'll easily be able to find some good horses. If you want to... Um, happy for you to try and haggle on price um, if you want. If you want to check over the horses, happy for you to do that beforehand as well before you make your final decisions. Definitely going to haggle. That's probably a good idea, yeah. And, and we'll get a bulk discount as well. Well, you might do. It all depends on what the dice say, Matt. Oh, that's true, yeah. Um, who's the best haggler? Can we get our best haggler to haggle? Marvin. He was, he was fantastic. Marvin so, Hagler. Marvellous Marvin Hagler. Yeah. It's who is, who is persuasion, so it's charisma based. Yeah, it's charisma based. So yeah, I, I'm not very, I'm not very haggly. To be honest, we're not that brilliant. Sigmar is the best of us. Sigmar, Sigmar is probably the most persuasive. It's Sig Sigmar, have you got cash for a horse? Yeah, I think you've all got the same. You've got distributed. So um, my my thinking would be, if you want to check over the animals, it's an animal uh, an animal handling or nature check, whatever you prefer. And if you want to try and get a discount, uh, you need to make a, pers a persuasive persuasion roll um, and not screw it up. <laughs> there is always a risk of pissing off the person you're buying the horses from. So um, that that would be bad outcome for you guys. So I'm, I'm pretty good at um, checking over horses with animal handling. 
Great, can check my horse over then. I'll check them all over. Okay, so can we yeah, help each other? Is there some way of support, like helping each other so we get... We don't get some dodgy horse that's going to... It's the kind of skill that... Um, especially with horses they, they won't like a lot of people like sticking things up their nostrils and like lifting their feet up and things so yeah nostrils. you'd be best doing you'd be best best doing that alone okay yeah so i'll i'll um i will check them so can we can we find if we find four horses i'm happy to check them all over if, yeah give me an animal happy, yeah you can yeah. definitely find four four riding horses give me an animal handling check in the tower for the first horse you spend a good half a day no too long spend a couple of hours going around paddocks that have been temporary paddocks set up outside roscobel you get a sense because you know the area very well that there are a lot of animals friendly to radagast around here it's clear and as you take a step back it looks like a fairly downbeat low-key enclosure fairly short grass um, what you did notice about the enclosure is the person that owned the horses had done a very good job of clearing any branches and rocks and stones out of it. And you notice there's quite a few rabbits feeding in that grass enclosure and the horses are very placid around them and the rabbits are very placid around the horses. So you go over to take a look at that and the horses are a bit dirty and you saw them as being a bit emaciated, but they're not actually. When you get close to them, they are just incredibly fit and very very lean horses and so they they you they're slightly smaller than some of the other horses and they they so many of them have got shortened tails and not docked quite but they've been shortened and, and trimmed very short and you kind of know from your experience with your father that that's a, a very good sign of someone that's cared for the horses well they're not show horses they're they're functional horses and the more you look over them, the more you realise actually these these horses are amazing, uh, cool. easily the best there. I'll just show you, just show you what you rolled. Bearing in mind your skills plus five. Whoa, twenty five. <laughs> wow. Bing. Yeah. Um, uh, John, as well. Before oh. we do that, could you know the gold coins we had? They were actual ancient dwarven ones. I think some of them. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that I could gather those and ask um, that dwarf to just do a gold exchange and say, you've probably been paid, paid quite a lot. Can I just give you these dwarven golden coins so they stay with our kind? And you give me general gold coins, which I'll then give back to everybody else, just so it stays with the dwarves. This is Boffrey you're talking to? Yeah. Okay. How much have you got? I really can't remember what we, what we found now. I think it was a sizable amount, wasn't it, though? Yeah, I think most of your gold is from that hoard. So let me just check your inventory. You've got 48 gold. I'd say at least 40 of that was from the hoard. So he does, not have, yeah, he does not have that amount of gold on him. That's like eight, what, how many silver is that times? 20, I'd say 800 silver. Uh, and no, no, no one travels with that volume, especially in, <laughs> he would have traveled down pretty much the length of Wilderland to be here. He says, yeah, I, and he looks and says, wow, that's, Amazing, any? I mean, there's a story to tell here, brother. I, w- I will seek you out at the festival. Unfortunately, I can't help with that. Okay, so fair enough. Can... We'll just have to make a deal maybe with the horse trader. Yeah, you could talk to the horse trader specifically. And he, he yeah, I mean, he, he looks like a woodman. He claims to be from the West Nethervales, quite far south of there. So he's over the other side of the Glanduin. Um, so, but you could easily look him up. He's very happy for you to go and see his uh, breeding program he's got for horses down there this is his job this is what he does he says to arahad 
Master Duna line, you appear to have an eye for a good beast. And to be honest, I'm not interested in selling these to people that aren't going to care for them, use them. You look like you can. These aren't lordling horses. These are designed to be ridden hard and treated well. And we will certainly look after them like nobody else. Now, now to <laughs> load that cook pot. Q <laughs> moaning, going, "How are we supposed to eat these? There's no meat on them." Um, Which doesn't you, happen, by the way. Uh, you, yeah, you were. Uh, you see, moaning, getting his whetstone out and sharpening a cup. <laughs> you sit down. He offers like some hot tea. Uh, asks you to all sit down. This is. He's, he has only four horses. This will be his transaction for the entire day. And he's not in a hurry. You guys are. So he his starting position is, well, you're discerning fellas. Clearly know a good animal when you see one. These are worth 200 silver of anyone's money. Seems to you to be quite reasonable. That's like the kind of price you were expecting. 200 silver each, is that? Yeah. He kind of splutters over his tea. Uh, yeah. Yes, Master. Uh, definitely. <laughs> no, the, that was more me kind of just making sure I understood rather than. So that's 40 gold, right? Yep. Mm. Easy come, easy go. Surely for um, four, you can offer some some consideration. And also on the basis, we will obviously look after these horses very well. No, nobody else you will find to sell them to who would look after them as well as we would. He's much shorter than you, Arahad. He, he kind of squints up at you and he said, aye, that, that price is baked in knowing you're buying four. Anyone else? Yeah, I'm more than happy I, to. Yeah. So he, he kind of looks up and he's expecting, he seems a very straightforward farmer and he says, it's a fair price. I can sell these all day long here. Ooh. You make a persuasive argument. I'll tell you what. I'm going to need to buy new yearlings, break them in, train them. I can't, Master Dwarf, keep all of that gold until you come back in a year or two's time. I just can't. I need to live on that and pay my staff and pay for all of the training and rearing of these horses and the upkeep of the farm. But I can do... Tell you what, 36 now, when you come back, any gold I've got left, you can buy at a mark of only 10%. So 36 now, and if I've got, say, 10, 10 of these gold coins left, when you come in a year's time, you can buy those for 11. Can't say fair on that. Right. So nine gold each. So if you're okay with that, just cross yep. off gold and... The yeah. horses are yours. The horses are good. I'm going to reflect that in the stats for them. Um, so I'll, I'll set those up for you each next uh, before next session. Give me an idea of the route you want to plan. Because I need to plan that, plan any encounter or anything going that going whichever way you choose. So I think, for example, it's to get to the edge of the uh, Grey Mountain Narrows, almost uh, south of Gundabad. It's about 170 divided by 5, that is the number multiplied by 10, sorry. 170 divided by 5 is 34, 34 times 10. So that's 340 miles up to there, which is, divide that by, that's easy going, so that's 40 miles a day. Eight and a bit. Eight and a bit days, plus then you've got 110, plus then... 80. 
190. But another, say, just under 200 miles at 20 miles and a day. 10 days. So it's 18, 18 and a half days. days to get to there. And then you, it's, you could. So it looks like you'll have to. <laughs> elements of this, you're going to have to push. risk your horses to push them. Yeah. If you want to get there right at the start of the festival. So if you remember Dale, Dale is from there. Dale is here. So it's about another. 120 miles down to Dale from six days, so 24 days, 24 days, and you've currently got not that many. Uh, Pretty fuck up in the calendar, then, isn't it? <laughs> that bit bloody of a planning error. <laughs> Jesus, Who, whose moot was this? Um, put it a week earlier, they'd have missed what's his name, and <laughs> I, I might, I might move it back a little bit. I wanted it to be a struggle, but that's going to be—you'll kill all your horses doing that. So, um, okay, so the the decision being. It's going to be tough if you took. So I, I do think actually that areas, elements of the elf path are clear, which means you can treat that as a road. So you might going via the elf path, there'd be increased risk. But I need to reread it. I think a road going through dangerous terrain, still you could move at standard modifiers. So Let's you may straight through Mirkwood. Sod it. How bad can it be? Just straight luck to Dale. <laughs> that way. Straight yeah. over the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> that way is perfect. Okay. Right over the middle of the mountains of Mirkwood and through the heart of Mirkwood. What could go wrong? As <laughs> um, a party, though, you'd take any risk to get there in time. For so, you know, the, you know the, I guess, risks and drawbacks a bit. Get, get, um, get back to me with your preferred route and I can plan, plan the encounters for the next session for that. So our best bet is basically to start off as fast and hard as possible because the terrain's best up the East Andrian Vales, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. then uh, and then probably Elf Path. Stop off at the Easterlian away along the way. Maybe get the news of the Elf Path, the road there, if it's still alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you've done it before. Um, the Easterlian is just before the Elf Path, so it's, yeah, there. All right. Is that your plan? I can plan for that. That yeah. will give you the best chance of getting there in decent we'll go from before the end of the festival. Sanctuary to sanctuary, I guess, to split it up. Okay. I kind of enjoyed the, the social social encounter there, actually, in the vote. It's quite good fun. I need to... There are definite consequences of that vote now mm. uh, for, for what happens in future years. Similarly, there are, you've just learned of a consequence of what happened to the hobbits, or might have happened to the hobbits, the rumours of that. Um, so you don't know yet, haven't confirmed it, but it didn't sound good. So yeah, pretty pretty much any any of your actions, you, it may be subtle, but the, because ca this this campaign, normally in like a typical D and D campaign, it would be a month between like major adventures, maybe even less time than that. Here it's a year, so mm, things happen. things happen around what you do much more readily than they would in a like a D and D typical D and D campaign. Uh, and because of that, yeah, you just discover that you haven't been up to the ECM for two to three years now. Something may well have happened to it. it, it you knew when you went to see it that it wasn't like, like Rowan Hole with a palisade around it or anything. It wasn't defended. So it looks like it may have been burnt out or attacked or something. And that's where we'll leave this episode. Indeed, what has happened to those hobbits? All you'll find out next time. Thanks very much for watching, listening, subscribing, following, all that lovely stuff. Happy gaming. Cheers.